Okay. Chuck, welcome to the week ahead. Um, so let's just check in. How was last week? It was pretty busy for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was more than a little busy. Um, Tuesday uh, took off for uh, Kentucky and it was kind of interesting. I When I landed, there was a group there waiting to pick me up uh, who were putting together a documentary. And I, I've been in documentaries before and this is it's it's always interesting because they have an, an angle they're working on and all that. So we went and grabbed a bite to eat and then went and started recording. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's good. I got a good vibe from it. Uh, they're definitely interested in taking on the infrastructure cults and really expressed to me how they were kind of perplexed that, you know, there was nobody else around saying these things. They interviewed the American Society of Civil Engineers and all, you know, all the standard people on, on transportation infrastructure, but hadn't found anyone saying what, what we were saying. So they were, they were pretty excited. Cool. Yeah. And then, we, then we had our, then we had our big, uh, our big strong towns conference on Thursday. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Um, I felt how bad. many people came. Oh my gosh. There was over a hundred. Um, it, we were in uh, the performing arts center there in downtown Louisville and I actually woke up, I, I had been, my kids gave me a cold. You know how kids bring home colds from school? And as a parent, you kind of become like immune to it, but then every now and then you get hit. And I, I had a nasty um, cold. So I woke up and I couldn't talk. Like I couldn't feel my throat at all. And okay. I had five and a half hours of lectures <laughs> that, that day. Um, it actually worked out okay. And the crowd was really great. We did a curbside chat in the morning. We had a panel presentation, did the transportation, of the next American city in the afternoon, and then had a more intimate Q and a, and wow. I mean, the excitement in the room, uh, the passion of the people there, uh, they're kind of hungry for this message and it was, it was really well received. Then we had a reception after that and wow, that, that was amazing too. In fact, I think you saw the photos. I was made an official mm -hmm. Kentucky Colonel. That is pretty exciting. It was kind of, I mean, it was actually, what does that even mean? <laughs> it was actually cool. I didn't know for sure what it meant. Um, I'm going to actually read you what Google says about Kentucky Colonel because I, I'm, I mean, I don't want to say it was frivolous. It, it wasn't, it was very nice. And I could tell that they took it very seriously. Um, I, I'm obviously not from Kentucky, uh, and had, you know, very little context for this. And some of my friends on Facebook put together pictures of me looking like Colonel Sanders. Um, but here's what it says on Google. It says Kentucky Colonel is the highest title of honor bestowed by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Commissions for Kentucky Colonels are given by the governor and the secretary of state to individuals in recognition of noteworthy accomplishments and outstanding service to a community, state, or nation. So I, I read that and I thought, wow, I'm, I should be even more humbled than I was. So it, it was very cool and, and they were happy to do it. And, and uh, I don't know, I thought it was very nice. It was a nice way to end the, uh, the engagement there. Yeah. Is there an abbreviation that goes with Colonel that you'd put at the end of your name? No, but they said that when I'm in Kentucky that, you know, you should expect people to address you as Colonel, Colonel Marone, uh, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, uh, I, obviously I, uh, do not expect that. And being in the, in the military, um, 
you know, I was an enlisted guy, so I, I reached the rank of Sergeant. So, you know, Sergeant Marone made some sense, but, uh, Colonel Marone just sounds, uh, not, not, not very me, but it was very nice. <laughs> it was cool. I was happy. <laughs> I mean, it definitely confers legitimacy on the strong towns movement. Exactly. Don't think? Yeah. And, <laughs> and actually in Kentucky, it, it's amazing because, you know, I go to places and you hit pockets where, people are just really, really want the message. They, they get it. They're like, this is exactly what we need. And Kentucky was one of those magic places where I think it just hit the, the right people at the right time. And uh, man, the enthusiasm there was just out of this world. It was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. So where are you headed this week? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I should mention that I went to New Hampshire after Kentucky and the New Hampshire folks were, were just as great. Um, uh, Ivy, Ivy Van was our host. Uh, she was actually one of the applicants for your job. <laughs> She's really wonderful, very nice woman and making a lot of things happen. And it was really cool to be in, in Peterborough, New Hampshire, which is one of the most beautiful places in the country, really. Uh, I'm headed this week to another Peterborough, Peterborough, Ontario. I've got to get my passport out tonight. Because I'm going to Canada. I'm going to be in Peterborough uh, giving a curbside chat tomorrow night. Uh, on Wednesday, I'm going to be uh, doing a presentation also in Peterborough, which is, I think, about half hour, 45 minutes outside of Toronto. I'm going to be mm -hmm. doing a presentation at a, a wastewater conference, actually, uh, uh, talking about growth and development issues. Um, that afternoon, then, I'm going to be working with the city of Toronto uh, on a design workshop. They're asking me to give a little bit of talk. And then they've got three different projects that a group of us are going to be there. The staff is going to present them. And then we're going to do a critique and ask them questions and kind of help them think through some of the things that they're working on. And then on Thursday uh, in the morning, I will be speaking at uh, Complete Streets Summit. I want to say they're, they're, they're calling it. Uh, Complete Streets Forum. It's being offered by the Toronto Center for Active Transportation. And I'm going to be talking about transportation and Complete Streets. Uh, Thursday, I'm actually headed then to back to the U.S. I'm going to be in Peoria, Illinois on Friday doing a, a TED Talk at the noon hour as part of a, a larger thing that they're doing there in Peoria. Going to be working with their staff a little bit. And then in the evening, doing a, a public curbside chat. So all that stuff is on our website. And if you're in Toronto or Peoria or anywhere near Toronto, Peoria, you're going to want to check those out. It's going to be going to be an interesting week, no doubt. Cool. I love that the Strong Towns message gets to go international. I know you've probably been to Canada before and we certainly have contributors from other countries, but it's cool to see us going beyond the U S borders. The, the very first time, I mean, I've, I've, I'm from Minnesota, so we can see Canada from here, Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I've been to Canada many times, but I've, uh, I've been as strong towns uh, quite a few times as well. And there's always this like hesitancy that I have, uh, you know, especially the first couple of times there, you know, how, how is this message going to resonate here? Uh, do I really have anything that I can, can tell these people that is going to be valid? 
And boy, starting in Windsor, Ontario, where there was just this huge turnout and very excited, uh, you know, reception, uh, to uh, a bunch of times in the Toronto area, north throughout Ontario, and then in Vancouver. Uh, boy, it just really translates well. And not only that, but I just, we've got a lot of Canadian members. I mm -hmm. find, Canadians to be so interesting to chat with and, and, and very thoughtful. And I just love, um, well, it's also very comfortable to me because they kind of talk like me. So when I go up there, I, like I can let down my Minnesota guard and just kind of talk like a, like a Minnesotan, which is kind of like a Canadian in some ways. And it's just a mm -hmm. very comfortable place for, for our message and, and what we're doing. Good. Although today I'll tell you, we have a member in Poland uh, who renewed their membership today and it just came across my like ticker and I thought, oh my gosh, that, that is so cool that we have people, you know, that far afield who find value in the stuff we're saying. It's just really heartening. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good segue because I was going to bring up, uh, celebrate really quick, our new and renewing members this week. Uh, we have Mike Christensen from Salt Lake City. Ashley Thornton from Waco, Texas, Matthew Dalby from Silver Spring, Maryland, Jim Norris in Springfield, Illinois, Brianna Skaletsky from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Awesome. Uh, Adam Poor in Columbus, Ohio, and Louis Rudkowski in St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, um, plus somebody from Poland, apparently. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Um, yeah. I, Mike Christensen, the, the first person on the list, is one of our most active social media people. He does. Mm -hmm. He is awesome. Yeah. He shares our message all the time. Uh, Matt Dalby, he, him and I met years ago, uh, years ago. I say like it was decades ago, a couple years ago um, in Washington, DC uh, and just had a, had a really great conversation. Uh, it's excited to see him become a member and uh, thank you to everybody. I mean, we, we, we really appreciate it and uh, we're doing everything we can to, to help you spread this message and uh, just appreciate your support. Yes. We are on our way to a thousand members by the end of this year. We are. Okay. Uh, so next on my list, what are we talking about this week on the blog? Uh, I know you said you've got some posts that you're looking forward to putting up. Yeah. Reflections from last week, I'm guessing. You know, I, I had on the way home, um, I read, I sit in the airport. I had an hour and a half layover in Detroit and this is Saturday night, right? So I'm happy to have had such a great week, but I'm tired and I'm like ready to be home. Uh, I, I brought up our blog because I, you know, I hadn't had a chance to keep up with everything last week and I read Matthias's post. And Matthias and I have a, a, a really, I think, I hope, I, I feel like we do, I have a very friendly relationship. I certainly like him a lot and have a lot of respect for him. And I enjoy being around him and hanging out with him. But we do see the world in very different ways. Mm -hmm. And Matthias wrote a post basically saying, you know, if, if I got a complaint about strong towns, it's that we don't talk about beautiful places enough. And I think we should be out there saying, you know, we should build this place because it this way because it's beautiful. And I, I love the notion. I mean, I I love the thought, and it just made me want to give the guy a hug. You know, like okay, I'm I'm with you. Like like we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just felt like I had to write a follow up because a lot of times we do have people who say, what you know, why don't you talk about health 
outcomes more? Or why don't you talk about children more? Or why don't you talk about the environment more or climate change or, you know, whatever issue it is that, that really motivates them. And my response is always, I, I think those are all valid issues and I think they're really, really important. But when I step back and I analyze the things that keep people who focus primarily on those issues from, uh, you know, gaining the million people who care kind of mantra that, that we're going after. I mean, this mass movement of change uh, is they run into the, the whole myth of our development pattern creates growth and development and jobs and, and it can't be stopped. And the strong towns message, I think can encompass all those things. I mean, we can talk about those things and include them, but I think we've always at the end of the day, got to bring it back to the, what I called the Zen point, you know, the, the, the kind of the weak argument that keeps things from, from moving forward, which is, you know, the American development pattern creates wealth, it creates prosperity, it creates jobs. And it, it doesn't, it does the exact opposite. And I think, you know, if we can start and end with that, or at least, you know, have that be kind of the common ground, we can reach all these other audiences you know, whether you care about personal liberty or limited government or whether you care about the environment and conservation and, and, uh, you know, uh, other health outcomes or whatever it is, or whether you're Matthias and you just want to live in a place that's beautiful, you know, the strong towns umbrella can reach all of those, but it, mm -hmm. it does start with the fact that our cities are going broke and we got to do things differently. Yeah. I thought that was a good response piece. So definitely if you guys haven't read it yet, check it out. Um, also this week, we're going to share something from our strong towns discussion forum. Um, some of you probably don't know, but we have a discussion forum that's, you can get to from the bottom of our website. There's a link there and, um, a lot of good stuff happening there. People sharing ideas, getting advice. So we'll, we'll feature something from there. Uh, we've also got a success story to share, um, Grayson's usual post. I know Jason's going to be posting something tomorrow. Uh, not sure what that is, but um, it'll be a busy, good week, I think. Well, and on Thursday, uh, I've got a podcast coming with Joe Minicozzi. Joe, Joe is here in Brainerd. And him and I sat down for about an hour here and got his impressions of Brainerd. We talked Lafayette. We talked you know, his work and the stuff he's doing. So I know there's a lot of people out there who really love Joe and the work he's doing. It's amazing, amazing stuff. So I've uh, got a good hour long interview with Joe coming up on Thursday and that'll be, that'll be really great. Excellent. So the last question, Chuck, is what have you been reading this week? If you've had time to do any reading, you know, it's been really frustrating because I, I've not, you know, this week, the Pope or last week, the Pope was here. And I was really looking forward to it. I thought, oh my gosh, there's going to be so much to listen to and so much to read with the Pope being here. And with my schedule last week, I just got none of it. I went to church yesterday. And they started talking about, you know, the, from the pulpit, the, the priest was talking about the stuff the Pope said. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I have so much catching up to do. Um, I did manage to get through my D-Day Through the German Eyes uh, book that I was reading. It, the book is called D-Day Through, Through German Eyes. And it's just utterly fascinating because it was these tales of these people who were there on D-Day on, you know, Omaha beach and, and Juneau beach and what have you uh, in the German trenches, like trying to resist the allied invasion. And it's, it's a, it's a view of history that you don't normally get. Um, and, and 
it occurred to me, I mean, one kind of strong things, strong towns thing that occurred to me is that when you read these stories, you just find them unbelievable because, you know, the, the, the people will be in the first trench. Everyone around them gets killed in these just like horrific ways. They retreat back or they, you know, wind up somewhere else. And they, there's all these tales of like them just barely escaping death, like time and time and time again within out, you know, an hour, a half hour of time. And you're like, how can someone, how can this happen? How can this possibly be like, if it was a movie, you would say this is completely unrealistic. But then you realize that there were thousands of people there and very few of them survived. And the ones that actually did survive just statistically are going to have these incredible stories uh, because they were like, you know, the one in a hundred that everyone around them died. Uh, and they essentially like were the lottery ticket who, who made it out. You also just get a sense of how, uh, you know, conflict like this just impacts people's lives. The, the interviews were done a decade after the war. And, you know, even at that point in time, you, you see not only how people's perspectives had changed, uh, in terms of what they were doing and, and the, 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 you know, the mission they were fighting for, but you also see how like the lingering impacts of, of, of having to undergo something like that, just stay with someone forever. So it was a quick read and a very powerful book. And I'd, I'd highly recommend it to anyone. Cool. Well, we'll put the link on our blog for sure and encourage anyone who else who's reading interesting things to comment on this blog post uh, to share those. Awesome. Uh, all right. I think that wraps it up for our podcast today. Hey, thanks so much, Rachel. I love having you. Uh, I love having you on the team. Awesome. I'm enjoying it. You have a good week. All right. Take care.